0: Well, hello friend. I'm so glad you're here today. Welcome back to the Book Truck Chronicles. I'm Brandy and I'm very happy to be talking to you today about all things books, book trucks, book truck life. And we're going to have a fun conversation today with somebody that I've met through the book truck journey. Her name is Caitlin Hamill. She lives in a community right near me here. And we first met when she and her family saw the book truck thought the book truck was fun, and we have gotten to know each other through books back and forth ever since. Being on a podcast was something she really wanted to do, and I cannot wait to talk with her. So sit back, have fun, and make notes of all the great TBR suggestions in this episode. Caitlin, I'm so glad you could join me today. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) So because I know a little bit about you, of course, but... On Instagram, you describe yourself as a bookworm, a coffee addict, and a list maker supreme. Yes. <laughs> but you're so much more than that. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: I am a stay-at-home mom to two daughters who who are both starting to, their journey into being book lovers, which I am just so thrilled with. Um, uh, my husband works up in the oil field, so he's gone for half the year, basically. Um, so books definitely help pass the time with that um we i'm starting into a homeschooling journey with the girls we're doing just preschool right now because my oldest is going to be three at the end of this month which i am both happy and sad with (laughs) yes i know (laughs) it's really hard to believe that i've been a mom for three years (laughs) but uh i'm i'm slowly slowly learning
0: Mm-hmm. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. And just when you think you figured it out, they will change and oh you'll have gosh. to start all over.
1: Yes. She is a complete, like she, I, in my opinion, she's a teenager right now and <laughs> I have no idea how to deal with this. Cause I was not your typical teenager. I like Friday night excitement to me was sitting in my room, reading Harry Potter for like the billionth time. <laughs> so I have no idea how to do this whole like teenager thing. And she's starting it at three. So when she's actually a teenager, yeah. I'm 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 in for a learn
0: learn world of learning. Well, think of it this way, though. She's giving you so much time to get ready for those teenage years. True. you'll be a pro. True. By the time she actually hits thirteen, you'd be like, "Oh, come on! I've seen this before." True. And you're not in diapers anymore! Yay!
1: Yes, for one, we have one more, but she's uh, she's so obsessed with her older sister that I think it's going to be a quick transition. So. Oh, that's so cool! Yes,
0: yes. Now, I know that reading is a very important value in your home. Yes, it is. So how have you been actively inspiring your children to love it as well? Uh,
1: Well, we have books in basically every room of the house. They even have books that they have in the bathtub. Um, So they're always exposed to that. And um, we have our nightly routine. They always get um, at least one book. Usually they they get like two or three because I can't say no to that um and every every present that they get from us um I is it always includes a book um usually I do a theme they'll get a little toy or a sticker or something like that to go along with the book um and then we just read all the time they even in the middle they'll be watching a Disney movie some one of the princesses and Abigail will just realize that hey I have a book about this and she'll go to her little shelf that she can access and pull it out and then we'll sit there and look at that book um so yeah we've oh, that's awesome. we've really made it a part of just their every day every day which was Good what that's what my parents did for me too I um there was four of us and out of four of us the two girls were the ones who read the most, but I was definitely the one, like, that was my life. If we went to a certain store, it was always like, can I just go look at the bookshelf? <laughs> <laughs> I was always in front of the books, so.
0: <laughs> oh, you and I would have been friends for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a bit, it's still, like, it's, it was a really important when we first found out we were pregnant. It was very important, like, we had to have books as part of their life for, for forever. We just want them to, whether they have the same love that I have, or if it's kind of a pastime, like it is for my husband, um, we just want to make sure that they have that.
0: Well, I think you're so smart to start creating that habit early and modeling it for them at the same time, Mm -hmm. because it will just be something they don't even have to think about as much. Instead of do I read, it's which one will I read? Yeah, exactly. And, And sure. And they will go through phases in their life, certainly where They will do it a lot and maybe they won't do it as much, but at least it will always be something there that they've attributed to being a comfort and a value in your family, which is so fabulous. Yes. Yes. Well done, you. Thanks. (laughs) Yay, something (laughs) I did right. (laughs) See, your day's already a win right now. It is. (laughs) You're a rock star. (laughs) So what book do you have on your nightstand right now?
1: Well, I'm kind of like you. I can't just read one book at once. So <laughs> I have um, three pa- like actual physical books that I'm reading, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, The Miracle Morning by Hal Rond, and The Red Scrolls of Magic by Cassandra Clare. Um, and that one actually is I'm doing a 2020 reading challenge where every month there's um, a certain kind of book and this month was a a title with a color in it so that's why I'm reading that one um and then my audio book that I'm listening to right now is A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness
0: oh yes. and
1: I listen to that mostly if I'm sewing or if I have finished like listening to whatever podcast I'm listening for the to the day um I'll put that on for you know A chapter or two and then I have an ebook which is Mildred's Resistance by Katie Cross it's a book in the network series which I just found and I'm just gobbling up Um, but it's uh, an ebook so that when I have to lay down with the baby or whatever I don't have to just aimlessly scroll through social media which is what I tend to do (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I've decided that I'll always have a book on the go there that's something that I don't necessarily have to read every single day but when I do have that extra time I
0: can sit there and read that well, and that's so smart, right? Because if you have books in many different formats, then really there is always a book waiting for you somewhere. Yes. Which is so wonderful.
1: When when the kids were a lot younger and it was kind of like they would fall asleep in the car, didn't matter how short of a drive it was, um, it was such a, a godsend to have that because, you know, I, it's a five-minute trip down the road. I didn't pack a book, which is very strange for me, but I'd have it on my phone. So Right.
0: Yeah. I remember reading Stephen King saying once that no matter where you go, you're always going to be waiting somewhere, whether it's in a line or in a a waiting room or there's something you're waiting for a table, whatever it is. And if you have a book with you, then that waiting time is never wasted. Yes, that's a
1: good thought. Yeah. I remember when they first came out with the e-readers, I worked in the library at the time. And I was so anti-e-reader. Like, no, I need to have that physical book. I need to feel it. And now I'm like, thank goodness that they created this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a time for it, isn't there? Yes, there is. I told this story once about how I'm very much a paper book girl. I'm dedicated to those. I think they're awesome. I love physical thing in my hand. And yet when I went on a cruise, I took the cruise all the way to Spain. And somebody said, oh, you should take e-books just in case. So, okay, I did. So I got halfway through one of my e-books. And when I was literally at the midway point between like North America and Spain, my e-book died and it said, please (sighs) re-download. And I thought, I can't. Oh, no. I'm in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) And my paper books would never betray me like that. That's true. Yes. (laughs) I totally hear what you're saying because there are times, too, where I like knowing that if it's just saved on my iPad or wherever, I don't have to feel in a hurry to get to it. Yes. It's my backup book. Mm -hmm.
1: It's true. It's really hard because there are so many that I've read, and I like to have that, like, trophy that this is a book I've read like look look at this pretty book that I just finished and yes. I can't really do that on my phone but true, it's it's good to have it there just in case
0: I love that the trophy <laughs> that's how it feels isn't it it is
1: I, I right now we we moved into the house this house two years ago and my books are still encased in their boxes downstairs and every time I see it like it seems so silly but like I almost die inside they, they can't breathe <laughs> they're just they're trapped <laughs> they don't okay. know what they did wrong <laughs> they're being punished yes. <laughs> yes.
0: okay, but you are speaking to so many
1: yes um it's um so those big utility boxes that are probably um I know I can fit inside the box. I have six of those plus two mini totes full <laughs> that are just
0: downstairs. <laughs> Oh, yes. I like you so much. <laughs> yeah. And I yes. mean,
1: that doesn't even count. Like, like I said, there are books all throughout the house. So I'm sure if we would actually get the bookshelves it, it would be my entire living room, which I'm mm-hmm. fine with. But I don't know if my husband really would like that. <laughs>
0: but it's true like there's something so personal and we attach to those and when you pack them away I know when I've moved I've opened them up and go hello friends yeah and I take them out and I reintroduce myself to them and and I give them some space to breathe and <laughs> I true. totally get you I totally get
1: it's them. true and then like you know you pick up those certain ones and just instantly you're like I remember like there's I have a copy of um Alice in Wonderland one of the many that I have of that because it's one of my favorite stories and it's probably the size of a binder and it's got like all the original artwork and all that stuff and I remember my I think it was my great aunt who got it for me and I went outside and I had a tree that um, has since been taken down because bugs destroyed it but I was I went and sit sat in the tree and and just read it from cover to cover and even still like 20 years later I pick up the book and I can just remember how um, like amazed I was every single picture that I saw and how it felt and it's it literally just brings me back to that place it's yeah every book I feel has that kind of power just to bring you back to that place
0: isn't that amazing
1: it is and I I really hope that my girls get that too with I mean you know some of the books that we have right now I I don't think they'll really remember but (laughs) the important ones I hope they do (laughs)
0: Well, they even just might remember the experience of reading that they will want to duplicate that. Yes. right, Because there's something so cozy and beautiful and, and satisfying about sitting down with a book. And I mean, I'm sure I don't have to tell anybody listening to this. <laughs> if they're listening to this, they probably get that. Um, but when you read a book, you can't be doing anything else. So many things in our, in our world today, we can multitask, we can do this while we do that. And we just get so used to splitting ourselves. Yes. But when you read, you open that book, you can't do anything else but sit and read yes and it's so lovely to have something you can just sort of wind down with and focus with and kind of go anti-chaos with for a while and let your mind totally go somewhere else Yep. so what was the last book that you told a friend that they absolutely had to read
1: um so again because i can't just write one answer down i have a list of four (laughs) okay (laughs) um two books that i tell every new mom and and older mom everything um rachel hollis girl wash your face and girl stop apologizing yes those books sparked something in me when i was postpartum that um it's just the way that she writes and it's it's all stuff that like you know deep down but she has a way of writing it and saying it that you're like yeah I do deserve to do this, yeah I do you know need to go and take care of myself so I can take care of my children, whatever, so those two books i I think I just lent out both mine um for the sixth time since i read them oh good for you thank goodness everybody gives them back <laughs> oh, thank you friends thank you um and then the other ones um the yes brain by daniel i'm gonna butcher his last name seagull
0: maybe oh really he I've, i haven't met anybody else who's read this i i've read
1: what is it three books that he has now this one it <laughs> there were times when I had to close the book because what he was saying was so raw and so real and to where I am, i.e. the tantrums, the learning how to backtalk that I just had to stop and be like, it's okay. Other parents are going through this. How you're reacting to it is how it's naturally gonna happen. These are the steps that we can take now. Yes. And I I will tell everybody who's going through the two to three transition because these years man oh man Mm -hmm. (laughs) sometimes no anyways and then a fiction book that i have recently recommended is the iron king by julie kegwa
0: um oh sure i've seen this one
1: yeah it's a young adult um fantasy i guess it would be and i devoured her entire series i think I, I read the first, I think, four in the series within like a weekend, and then I had to wait for the next one to be released. And I kind of feel mad at the author every time that they haven't released them when I'm ready for them. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Yes, that's hard. <laughs> it that's is. hard.
1: But um, that entire series is just, if you like anything to do with fairies and um, the fae world, it's amazing. Her, her way of describing things, like you literally are transported into her her story. It's amazing.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And you were talking about uh, the Yes Brain. Did you also read his Whole Brain Child?
1: I did. Yeah, I think that was the first one that I read. And yeah, I I I really like the way that they explain such scientific terms and things in a way that it doesn't make you feel stupid, but it's dumbed down enough that I'm not like okay where's my medical dictionary that I can go look up what this word means mm-hmm. um, yeah. they have a really uh, and I love how they have such easy examples to follow like real life examples of things that you know I, I can come across in the coming years with the girls the other thing I did like about the yes brain is that it goes in from toddler to teens they cover that entire span in a book of that's less than 200 pages but All of the ways to deal with this and to help build resilience and all of that um, can be used for every age category, which is great because it's something that I can go back to again and again.
0: Oh yeah, he's he's so inspired When we were foster parents This was, The Whole Brain Child was a book That was on a list that they gave us They recommended, and of course there were so many titles But that was one that I honed in on And then I watched every YouTube video mm-hmm. And every message of his That I could get my hands on and read everything Yeah, Because it was so applicable To all the different kids we had With different challenges and ways of seeing the world And interpreting what you're saying And I just I just loved it Which I appreciate because there's
1: a lot of development. Child- development books out there right now that I, I went to school for early childhood education so I mean I feel like I have a little bit of a leg up from a lot of parents who are literally just coming in you know off of never having to deal with children but there was still some terms I forget what the title of the book was but I, I had to return it to the library because I'm like I don't understand what she's saying it's not helping me at all it's actually causing me more anxiety because there's all these these big words that don't need to be like if this is a scientific textbook then don't put it in just my regular reading books like yes it doesn't it doesn't make sense to to make the the if it's a child development book for parents then don't make the parent feel dumb
0: I know like, <laughs> like, like we don't simple. already feel dumb <laughs> exactly. all the time as it is. <laughs> exactly <laughs> I know there's you know there's nothing like being humbled by your children oh it is it is so oh like they're so incredible and amazing but they will remember every little thing that you've said or done and they will call you out yes and and, and make you feel like yeah okay i really how am i functioning today i i don't know <laughs> let's just get dressed and try and survive today exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. now you had said caitlin that you wanted to chat about books and movie adaptations yes well i could I could not love this topic more. (laughs) So books and movies for me have always been my happy place as long as I can remember. And when they overlap, I get a little bit giddy. Yes. So can you tell me a couple of book adaptations that you feel got it right?
1: Uh, Yes. So my top, well, I guess top many, but the series that I think Harry Potter, number one, I other than Goblet of Fire, which is not my favorite, I feel like they did those books they those movies so well that there were very few times when I had to sit up and say that's not actually how it happened. Which I mm-hmm. knew a lot when I watch movies based on books. <laughs> yes. um, I felt like those those the character or the people that they picked for the characters, the stories that they plucked from the novels were enough that someone who had never been immersed in the Harry Potter world can still go with the flow and understand what's happening. And the special effects were just amazing. The other one, which I think really started the entire fantasy book to movie thing, was Lord of the Rings. Um, I Will Forever if it's on TV, if someone wants to do a marathon, anybody wants to watch it, I am game Uh to sit there and watch all three movies in a row.
0: Uh.
1: Although I, I have to make a little bit of a confession, I haven't finished The Return of the King, the book. I've started it three times and I've gotten to a page 168 and I just stopped reading. What is it that makes you stop? No idea. But it's happened three times, and so eventually my goal is to finish that book. Um, (laughs) The other ones, um, The Hobbit, but that's mostly just because The Hobbit was my favorite out of his whole selection I feel like they a lot of people complain that they made so many movies from such a small book but I really feel they did that for me because I just wanted the whole world to continue I didn't want it Uh, to end
0: (laughs) that is a nice way to put it yeah
1: and then uh, Princess Bride forever and always that will be probably my favorite
0: adaptation (laughs) oh okay you have just triggered me right there the Princess Bride okay so oh I love it I remember (laughs) When it first came out and people didn't really know much about it and then my mom's friend who worked for a record company got a copy of the video Mm -hmm. and loaned it to us to watch so I got to see it for the first time in video in my living room and I was so catapulted into this world and I thought Wesley was the the most amazing guy on the planet and I just could not believe somebody would go Eh, really, I could take it or leave it. I thought there was something wrong with them. I know. If anybody says
1: anything bad, I'm like, okay, but what aspect of the movie do you not like? Like, There's the love story, there's the fighting, there's the humor, there's the characters themselves. Like, You can take just one of those characters and there's just nothing wrong with them. (laughs) It's (laughs) true. the, The movie, and I mean, the book was hard for me to get through, but I also got the, I think it was the one of the anniversary ones. And so there was, they added more surrounding the story. Mm -hmm. So not only was it a story within a story within a story, but now someone had added on to that. So it just got very confusing as to who was actually talking. But when I got to the actual princess bride story, it was like, okay, this is the, this is the meat of it. This is what I came for. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I just, I, I love it. My daughters have already seen it. They, they think it's funny. Which I mean, that's
0: all I can ask for at this point. <laughs> that movie was my dating test movie. If I showed that movie to somebody that I dated and they didn't like it, that was it. We were done.
1: I like it. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so far, so good. <laughs> now, have you read the book that Carrie Elways wrote no. called As You Wish? No, I haven't oh Caitlin okay so I'm going to totally recommend this but I'm going to recommend it for you on audiobook okay because of course his voice is Wesley and he writes about his experience making that film and who he was when he started and what it was like to work with all the cast and the writers and the whole experience and it is so well done it's such a great insight and then throughout the audiobook he actually has cast members and people who were involved in it who speak a little part like they they will tell their perspective on something well that's awesome. It was so fun. Well, so, I wrote so it down fun. so I'll look it up. <laughs> okay, yeah, I highly recommend. It. You would you would probably love it. Think. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you want to try the Princess Bride again too, the audio version of that is also very lighthearted and fun. Oh. Whereas I found reading it I was like, "Oh, the pace of the movie is what I'm used to." Yeah. Maybe so- that's
1: what it was. Maybe I was so used to seeing the movie because I did. This was a rare occasion where I read the book after watching the movie and um Maybe I was just expecting that that quick turnover of the scenes.
0: Yeah, me too. And I didn't even know when the movie came out that it was a book.
1: Yeah. I Well, actually, I knew, but I had never gotten it. And it wasn't until my husband kind of, that was our date night. We'd go get a Starbucks and go to Chapters and just walk mm-hmm. around. And sometimes I could force him to buy me new books. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he saw it and he picked it up without telling me and we walked I was like okay well like let's head home or whatever and he's like oh I just have to go buy something and he bought it for me and I'm like this is amazing
0: <laughs> oh that's how you know he's the one oh yeah right yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome And I totally agree with you about Harry Potter. There might be some, you know, discrepancy out there. People who are such fans and such loyalists and they find all the flaws. I agree. I think the casting was so spot on Mm -hmm. and that they gave you such a really clear feeling from the book to the screen that I don't think one will... Like, I don't think if you just watch the movies, you don't have to read the books. I think that's bogus. But I think that if you read the books and watch the movies, you get such a full vision yes. of it all. And I, I admire it so much.
1: It's funny because when Harry Potter, the book, first came out, um, I was 10 turning 11. And I, I have this thing that if it's popular, I just instantly say it's going to be terrible. Ah, yes and I refused 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 and then we were camping one night and all my cousins fell asleep before me and she my my older cousin Holly she had been reading the very first book and so I was like well I'm not like I'm so hyped up on s'mores right now I can't fall asleep so I picked up the (laughs) book and I it, I finished the entire book and I was like, okay, where's the second one? I need to read it right now. <laughs> oh, yes. And then when I fast forward several years and I was working in a children's library and a mom came in and she was like, you know, the teachers keep telling me he has to read. He's not, you know he's not getting what he needs. We need to spend at least fifteen minutes. You know that whole speech that you always get from the parents. Right. He's like, "What is your recommendation?" And my go-to for that situation was, "What kind of movies does he like to watch?" Because then we can pick, narrow it down, whatever. And she's like, "Well, he's a huge fan of Harry Potter." And I'm like, "Then pick up a Harry Potter book. He knows the characters. <laughs> he knows the story. He's going to read the books within." two months yeah I guess the yeah the two months because we did the reading club for two months he had read all seven books
0: oh my gosh and I'm like
1: I was like that's all you gotta like it it doesn't have to be Charles Dickens whatever like if the kid likes vampires then get vampire books if he likes if he likes monster trucks then find books on monster trucks like they're not they're not gonna read it if they don't like the topic I mean even even I have that issue and I am a seasoned
0: reader (laughs) Well, that's true. It's so true. And if you you're so right to ask a question about what they watch, because if you can find out what they're already intrigued by, mm-hmm then finding a book to match is so much easier it is I see people overcomplicate it because we have to read from a certain list or we have to keep it limited to their age category or whatever it is and sometimes the kids will tell you what they want yeah if you just ask the right questions oh 100% and I love it when I see boys reading Harry Potter because those books some of them are thick yes and when parents or teachers or grandparents have said to me oh we just can't get him to commit to reading and I see them sitting on the floor of the book truck they're so excited Harry Potter's here and they'll grab it off the shelf and they'll I'll sit down, and this is thick book. It's the yep. thickest book on that shelf. Yes, and that's the one they went for, and they were excited about it. So I think that's a win every time.
1: And it's a, like a gateway drug into reading too, because like from there, there's you know now there's Percy Jackson, which is so geared towards boys, right? Like, mm-hmm. and and all of his subsequent like the Red Scroll ones, and like all of Rick Riordan's books have are coming out now. Like, there's so many more stories that a a boy can pick up and not have that like you know you're gonna make fun of me because i'm reading a you know like i'm I'm reading now like it's 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 a cool the pictures are cool the stories are cool and it's just it's a lot of fun for them to read now
0: i totally agree i think what harry potter did for literature for children across the globe is astounding Mm -hmm. well done jk rowling yes (laughs) So can you tell me a couple of book movie adaptations that you think got it wrong? Yes, I can. (laughs) My,
1: (laughs) my top two, which really made me like cry at the end of the movies because I was so excited for them was Beautiful Creatures and Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Oh, those two books were, I mean, the series, like the stories are so beautiful and so intertwined and the characters are so deep and they just butchered them on the screen i yeah. i tried re-watching beautiful creatures probably about seven years after i watched the first time in the theaters and i stopped within the first five minutes i was like no that character like it wasn't so much the character was wrong they just they butchered them they they did a terrible job <laughs> and then two that i think that they did a terrible job on but i Will watch forever because I just the quirkiness of them. I love is the two Percy Jackson movies and the original City of Bones that they did. Both amazing series. I think the books they they rushed into it. I think they were trying to capitalize on the children slash young adult book to movie adaptations, and they just rushed into it too fast. I think it was they had great potential, but it just did not live up to the books themselves.
0: No, I totally hear you there. And there was sort of a a theme, like there was a trend, wasn't there? Where all of a sudden, because one happened, and I don't know if somebody said to me that Twilight started it all. Maybe they did, but all of a sudden, there were so many adaptations that came out, and they were kind of pathetic. Yes. Like, why did you Why did you waste your time and your money when you could have taken your time and done it really well? Yeah. Well, then
1: you look like they're they're starting to redo them. Like they have the Netflix Shadowhunters. Um, series now and I mean it's not the greatest like as far as following the book for a book but it is so much better than the City of Bones movie yeah I um, agree they're definitely like they're realizing that like I think I don't think they realize how big of a fan base these books had kind of like Harry Potter like they they knew they put those movies out they're going to sell out every single show for the first month and a half like you have so many fans out there they're going to show up for you yes and um, I don't Think they realized how big of a fan base the young adult genre had at the beginning i think that's why they knew they would make money but they didn't realize how passionate young adult readers were because for the longest time like i mean reading wasn't cool when mm-hmm. i was in high school like i started a, a library council slash book club and there was three members and that was it. Now I like I went back to my high school, and they have three book clubs because there's so many kids reading, and they all want to talk about it. And it's like, oh, I
0: love that.
1: Like it's it's, it's definitely because it's stepped up, and the fact that you know adults, the the young adults who were reading those young adult books are now adults, and they're still reading the young adults. So it's now just because it's made for. What is it? They say 15 to 22 is young adults. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm 30 and I still read the young adults like Oh
0: yeah. It's Well, they're it, saying now actually more adults are reading young adult books than actual teens to young adults. I believe it. I believe yeah. it. And it's,
1: I think, um, I think they're now realizing that and they're going back and wanting to remake them. And I feel like sometimes the TV show is better if it's a series, like Harry Potter did it right, they were able to do it, they could have probably split up a couple more of the books to make them, Mm -hmm. you know, a little bit more in depth, but they did it right. But like things like Vampire Diaries, starting it as a TV show was so much better than if they had just done a movie because yes. there's so that like that world is so complex and the storyline is so spread out that it needed to have the tv show
0: and i think there's so much they can do with shadow hunters because yes. that whole world and all the characters that they could spawn off with there's just so much meat there yes and i'm hoping that as they kind of discover that people are really into watching that, that they will get more and more genuine with how they make it. For sure. Because I I agree. It was definitely better as a as a show than City of Bones was as a film. Mm -hmm. But I think they're starting to understand the potential of it, that maybe they could do something rich with it. So I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that it will happen. Me too. My daughter had actually an idea. She said Someday somebody is going to make Harry Potter as a series and they're going to do one book per year. Mm-hmm. And she said, then you could actually fully get through all the things that they leave out because in two in two and a half hours, you can't cover it all. But I said that then the problem is, how are you going to have the cast who's going to age properly yes. over that period of time? Because <laughs> at least with the movies, they were very fortunate they had the perfect cast all the way through. Yes. But with a series, I think that's a little bit more risky.
1: Well, and, and that's the whole thing. Like you have to have a give and take with movie adaptations because on one hand, you I am 100%. I want word for word. I want when I you know watch the Pride and Prejudice movie, I want it to be exactly what I read on that page. Oh, yeah. But then you get to those sections where it's like a page and a half of what the pantry looks like or something like that. And you're like, <laughs> do I really need that entire word for word? <laughs> Or like if you go back to like JRL Tolkien, do I really need to know what the color of each individual leaf of that forest was? Yes. Not so much. No, no. But the fight scenes, sure, I would love word for word what he has written because those were amazing. So,
0: <laughs> so have you seen The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Oh my gosh, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really wishing that they had continued. Apparently
1: because- they're doing a TV show of that. It's in the works. I don't know if it was Netflix. I can't remember right now, but they are doing – and they're starting from The Magician's Nephew instead of – Oh, uh, good. Yeah. They're going to start right from the very beginning and go through all seven.
0: If they had asked Tilda Swinton, who played the White Witch mm-hmm. in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, if she had was willing to come back, would she? And she said, absolutely. And I thought, oh, we missed an opportunity to have her be a part of this legacy story yep. because they switched production companies. Yes. So they didn't continue all the way through, and somebody dropped the ball, and then pff, we were done. Yes. And it was, oh, they could have just kept going with that, and it could have been beautiful. 'Cause that movie in our house is we have the movie poster in our T V room. It is it is one of those movies that we will always come back to because it's just so profound for us.
1: When I was uh, in university, I took um, Latin as one of my classes and that soundtrack was what I studied too.
0: I don't know which okay, I don't, I don't... know what's greater. That you took Latin or that you listened to Latin <laughs> do you listen to the language in the wardrobe. <laughs> I'm a fun person. <laughs> you are fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so I have a fun question for you. What book would you absolutely love to see a film version of that hasn't been made before? That hasn't been made for Probably,
1: I, I'm going to say the Selection Series by Kiera Cass, because Ooh. it is forever going to be one of my favorite series, and um, I think it would be really easy to do because like it's kind of like a bachelorette type of story but like in a royal setting so I think that would be a really fun one a really easy one but that's tricky I don't know I just want every book to be made into (laughs) a movie so that I can just have everything in my life be
0: (laughs) be a story yeah I I've often read a book and thought, oh, I can see how they would make this a film. This, even just the way they write it, almost lays out like a scene by scene. I can picture it. Yeah. But then I think, oh, that would ruin it because I don't want to see all those scenes or what if they cast it really terribly, then I would hate it. So I, I second guess. One I would like to see, I think, is The Alice Network, actually. Ooh, and I'm both oh, they'll, they'll probably do that
1: both yes and no because I have it was such a powerful story that they would they would have to do it right but I feel <laughs> like be so if you got the right cast I think it would be such a, a powerful story to see come to life I agree
0: I agree because they would really have to pinpoint those like the three main roles because mm-hmm. if you lose any one of those then it's it's off yes very much so I heard that they're going to be doing um adaptation of the nightingale. Ooh,
1: that would be a good one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hope they do that one right. I have high expectations. They really should check with me first to see if it's <laughs> gonna be right or not. Right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I forget what who I follow, who it is that I follow one of the authors, but she's always like, okay, pick who who you would want to be play this these characters if it was made into a movie. And I'm like, Oh, no one like they have to be who's mm-hmm. in my brain right now
0: because <laughs> right. it's just it's not gonna work <laughs> no Caitlin I love talking books and movies with you I uh, this was so much fun <laughs> Yeah, and you said that being on a podcast was like a, a goal a bucket list something you'd hope for
1: it was yeah I had just gotten into podcasts um the last half of the year uh last year and I I don't know, you know, you you sit there and you write out those lists every day of what your goals were, whatever. And I was like, you know what? I want to be on a podcast. I want to be recorded and, and you know, someone – some. well, I know my mom at least is going to listen to it.
0: <laughs> she asked, hi, mom. It's pretty cool, isn't it? it it's is. a format that you can put yourself up there and anybody anywhere can listen. And you could pretty much say whatever you want. It's minus 34 today, which for y'all who are listening, who are in this balmy weather with your shorts on, we are highly envying you right now. Very much so. (laughs) Yeah, because this is just gross. But I look forward to seeing you in the neighborhood. Yes. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. Stay warm. Yes, you too. That was fun. Well, you had me at movies and books. And for any of you who are keeping track... There were 21 books we discussed in this episode, so don't worry, I will have all of them listed in the show notes at the end of this. So here we go, time for our next segment. And now it's time for the business bar, where we sit down, share a drink, and talk about a question that I get asked a lot in the book truck. So today, I'm having what I call a Picard tea, or as some people who are Star Trek fans might understand, Earl Grey. Hot. See, and I can't even do the accent. So the question today that we're gonna focus on for book truck business is kind of a question and a statement all at the same time. Now here's how it goes. You stole my idea. Yep, that's pretty much it. You'd be surprised actually how often I hear this. Oh, I should have done this first there are really not very many new ideas anymore. Um, This is something I've had in my head for years and just recently jumped on it. So inspiration comes from all over, especially for those of us who have opened ourselves up to creative pursuits. If you have been reading for a long time, your imagination is already going in so many places of things you could do and possible opportunities. So there's no limit to what you could do. The fact that I am just running a bookshop on wheels and somebody else thought of it once. Awesome. Just The way I think of it is, look at how much we have in common. I heard a story once of a lady who said, you know, I just don't think I want to write a book because there's so many books out there. Mine isn't going to make a difference. And she actually was sitting in a library doing some research for a book she was writing. And she just didn't know if she wanted to pursue it. And somebody told her, look all around you. You are surrounded by books. Everyone is unique, everyone is important to somebody, and there is something for everyone. Who's to say yours is not valuable? As Beverly Cleary so beautifully said, if you don't see the book you want on the shelf, write it. So I think the same about entrepreneurial ideas. If somebody out there is already doing what you think of doing, and you guys have heard me say this before, and I'll say it again they are not doing it your way. An idea is just an idea. And I could have only stolen yours if you had shared it with me, and then I beat you to making it a reality. Well, nobody has ever shared their book truck idea with me. So, can people copy this idea? Oh, yeah, you better believe they can. And it's very, very likely that as right now, I'm the first book truck in Alberta, I probably won't be the last. Will other people come after me who are imitating what I do? Maybe, maybe they will. I've definitely seen other book trucks Um, that have popped up around the world who have definitely used ideas that I have put out there in the world. I don't love that. Somebody told me once, oh, it's just flattery. Okay. (laughs) I think of it as a lack of creativity, but whatever. Flattery is fine too. Do it your way. If you have an idea and you keep it as an idea and you don't run with it, do not blame somebody else for stepping up and running with theirs. So maybe that just means that you are going to be inspired to run with your idea. It doesn't matter if you're the second, third, fourth, or 68th in the business. Nobody will do it like you. So does your idea have merit? Does the market want it? Are the people waiting for you to get off your butt and do it? These are all questions you might want to ask yourself. But it's very interesting to me how often I hear in the truck, people comment to me that I am doing the job that they dream about doing. You guys, if you have an idea, just do it. <laughs> just do it. I don't think anybody wants to get to the end of their life and just have a long list of regrets of things they wish they tried or things that they thought, oh, I just don't know if I have what it takes. Well, you don't know you have what it takes until you give it a go. I have a mantra, which some of you who know me, you know this is my thing. You don't know what you can do until you've done it. If you think that there's an idea brewing inside of you that just has to come out, please do the world a favor and don't let it stay an idea, but make it something real, whatever it is. If there's somebody out there doing something similar, talk to them, ask them questions. I get emails, DMs on a regular basis, y'all. People asking me about how to run a book truck, which is kind of funny to me because I feel like I'm figuring it out every day. And I love that they're asking those questions. So if you have an idea, please do the world a favor and see if you can pursue it, or give that idea to somebody else who can, and then watch them run with it. I have a story behind every little decision about this company, from the flooring, to the color of the shelving, to the name of the company, to all the little decisions I make, and that's how I know that it is entirely mine. I am incredibly proud of my little book truck, and, I love the fact that you guys have endorsed it and celebrated it so well, and I'm so grateful for that. Because remember, book truck life is not just about books. It is also a business, and I am working hard every day to try and make this business a reality that succeeds. So whatever you do, be generous, be unforgettable. I can't wait to hear what your ideas are. Happy reading, everyone today's chapter of the book truck chronicles is brought to you by a condition i like to call seasonal parking amnesia afflicting those special winter drivers who somehow forget how much space there should be between parked cars as soon as it snows i'm amazed by you every single year